on the salvos. I'm gonna move way out on the outskirts of town. I'm gonna move way out on the outskirts of town. At Christmas last year, the 10-year drought in northern New South Wales alone was broken by a flood. It was all over our TV sets. When I rang Cabon Council, they said one of the worst affected was farmer Terry Cotton in Manildra. Now, if you own a business, this will really resonate with you. The struggles experienced during the bad times and then the upturn during the good times. It will also resonate with anyone who's been through a personal drought. I caught up with Terry in the gardens of the Kudal Hotel recently, near Orange, so that he could paint a picture of life in a profession that has been really struggling for so long. But as Business Day reported, Australian farmers are the most confident they've been for 10 years, which is great news, as they went into winter cropping. Terry, what's your story? We've got a mixed farm. We farm cattle, sheep, and we grow crops, canola, wheat, oats. What size property? We run about 7,000 acres. So it's um, reasonably substantial for this area. But uh, that includes a couple of thousand acres of Forbes. So we, um, we're very busy for those, um, for those important months to get our crops in. And um, then come harvest time, of course, we're flat-strapped into it for harvest. And then the floodwaters came? Well, it was just a bit excessive. I mean, we, we have had 10 years of really s significant drought. And it's, you know, we've lost money every year, basically, right through that period, which has been really difficult to handle. And um, we were in a situation where we grew very good crops, as good as I've seen, and I've been doing that job for about 35 years. And, um, and then when it came to harvest them, we ended up with this massive amount of water and our crops were downgraded. Which, degrade, which downgraded the, the price that we got for them by about 30%. And so it, it, um, it, it went from a, from a record crop to, a, to quite a, still a big, uh, big volume of crop, but the, uh, the value was downgraded quite significantly. So how do you make up for that? Well, we can't. We just have to do it as effectively and as efficiently as we can. And um, because of the quantity, it really didn't end up a bad year. But um, it was a bit of a shame that at the end of it, after such a long period of no rain, to get such excessive rain. And then the, the, the other thing that the, um, the rain did, of course, was knocked a lot of our fencing down. And so we're looking at a situation now where we've got to replace about eight or nine kilometres of fence. The cost of getting that done with a contract is about $9,000 a kilometre. The big effect that it had on us initially, and still, and still now to it, to a fair degree is the fact that we only had about 25% of our paddocks that we could use because the rain was so substantial that it uh, made it so we couldn't put stock in them. And even now we're still only up to about 50% of the paddocks that we can use. But it wasn't all bad news, the flood. The good part about it for us, I guess, was that um, even with the, the downgrade of the crop, because there was a lot less, uh, lot less availability of good quality wheat the and the export market picked up in that period, the, uh, the value of our downgraded wheat actually went up a little bit after the rain. So it, it's, it did exactly what we didn't expect. We expected that it would create a, um, a huge amount of downgraded grain and therefore the value would go down. But in effect, there was quite a bit of the globe that was suffering from um, drought and needing feed wheat. And most, a lot of that, that wheat's gone into an export market that was ready for it. So we were a bit lucky in the fact that the rest of the world had a tough time.
life's been pretty crazy since. It's been absolutely full on. We've done our entire farming program. Because it was so wet last year, we ended up really late with our program because we couldn't get on the country because of flood water. So we had to do the whole farming program in about two months. So for the last two and a half months, we have been flat strapped seven days a week, full on. And it's sort of been 14 hour days, seven days a week. And, and it's probably the most intense sewing period that I can remember in my life. And I've been at it for a while. And the water from Manildra went straight through Yugara? We have two creeks at Manildra. And the water that comes through us goes, continues on, forms a mandadri on our farm, and it continues on down into Yugara. Now, those, of those two creeks, one of, the, one of the creeks, the most significant one past our house, it was, uh, my dad's been there since 1942, and that's the first time we've ever actually seen water over the top of the bridge since 1942. It was a great privilege talking to Terry Cotton from Manildra, New South Wales, a wonderful example of an Australian farmer who's making it through the toughest times. Next week, we spotlight our tiny towns in Australia and how some of them are disappearing, some of them are struggling to stay on the map, and others are coming up with innovative ways to attract tourists. Tom Perry was born in Yugara in 1941 and has been there since. Tom, how long have your parents been here? All their lives, nearly. That's how good a place it is, see? <laughs> I'm gonna move way out on the outskirts of town. Tom's a real character. We talk to him next week as we spotlight Australia's tiny towns. What I'm reminded of is the verse in Matthew chapter 6 where it says, Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? And then it goes on to say, But make his kingdom and righteousness your first aim, and then all these things shall be provided for you. You make me smile like the sun.